2: This is Coach Jen from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Wendy Ying from Sarasota, Florida, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April 2nd, 2020. This episode is brought to you by the American Driving Society. Good morning, horse world! Today's show, the driving episode, we have Susie Stafford and the 2015 Horse of the Year PVF Peace of Mind. They make a triumphant comeback at Live Oak. Plus, Stuart Pierce of Kinetic Vet previews his novel Disinfectant Spray. Kathleen Hake from the CAA takes some listener questions, and Katie Cadwell joins us for her monthly training tip. Listen in.
3: What are you been up to, Wendy? Not like any of us are up to anything right now. Well... I have
2: a product feature for us today, and I thought it's the perfect time to talk about heat stopping powder, Uh, especially because we have little honey coming on later in the show. Anybody that's ever had a mare knows that springtime is the transitional time for our mares, and horses cycle seasonally, and you know they're very um, their estrus cycles dependent on. The length of day. So, like people, we our cycles the same all year round. With mares in the spring and the fall, they get super bitchy because their hormones are in like a a, a battle with each other. So um, they're in like a constant state of PMS. That's like usually, awesome. yeah, I know. Well, you have
3: you had mares? You're not a mayor person. I don't. I don't go out seeking mares, but I have had a few mares over the years and boy, oh boy, they are an enigma.
2: Have you had mares that like, that don't have a bad heat cycle? Cause I, I have, can imagine if you've had, had a mare few, with a bad heat cycle, she'd be down the year, road.
3: Yeah. I've had a few over the years. That's, yeah, they're pretty cool. Not a big deal. And then I've had others that were absolute, oh my gosh, don't get within 50 yards of them. Yes. Okay. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. I had one mare that the only time she was agreeable to ride was when she was in heat. She was the absolute opposite of everything else. So six, (laughs) six days a month, you could ride her the rest of the time. Don't even go, don't even bother. (laughs)
2: Right. So sometimes in the spring and fall, that can happen. Like they might be in heat. They might be coming into heat. They might be going out of heat. It's like some people are more pms in the beginning or at the end, or they're just crabby the whole entire time. Uh, but that is what we call liver cheese stagnation, okay? Because it's, it's like you're angry, you don't know why you're angry, and your body hurts, and like the sides of your body, you know, your ribs, yep. they call that the hypochondriac area. OK, the underneath your ribs, like, you know, a hypochondriac always thinks they're sick. Uh, and that, that's where the liver and the gallbladder meridians run. So when I teach about, uh, you know, with horses, we do an acupuncture scan to like kind of tell us what's going on with them, which is a palpation scan. So when I teach about the mare points, I stand back and I said, say, if this mare is in heat, where are all the points that you really don't want to touch because she's going to kick you,
1: <laughs> right?
2: Yeah, and those are all <laughs> the points that tell you that she is uh, it, having liver cheese stagnation. Okay, so like along the flank and in her uh, lumbar fossa, you know where that is. That's like at the the that little hole, at the back of the last rib, where we listen to their gut sounds. Oh yeah, that yeah, l- yeah,
3: yeah, that little hollow spot.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, that little hollow spot. So the ovaries are like right underneath there and all of the mares uh organs are hanging off this ligament that attaches to her spine. So uh one of the things we see too in driving is like sometimes you can't even drive mares in a two wheel cart that are in transitional estrus because they just buck because because think about where the shafts hit them. Oh, right? Yeah along the side, and it's painful because we've all known when you're having your cycle. Think of how painful you can be when you're crampy. So, uh, one of our herbal formulas we have it's called Heat Stopping Powder, and it's based on a PMS formula for people, and it has different kinds of herbs that what we we say they clear heat because we say it, the mares and heat but also liver cheese stagnation is heat anger is heat so it's not actually to take them out of estrus it's just to make their their cycle less inflammatory and more like so you don't notice it <laughs> gotcha. you know it's not going to change their cycling stage it's not going to suppress their hormones but some of these herbs do relax uh, the ligaments and they can regulate estrogen. One of the herbs called Zemu is also has been shown to, they use it in people to increase your serotonin levels. Mm -hmm. So serotonin is that chemical in your brain that, uh, they try to boost when you're depressed, right? So they use it as a, uh, they use that to help with depression because anybody that has dealt with like transitional mares knows that they are not doing it to be mean or some of them are, I guess, but (laughs) they are really depressed. They're like, they don't know why they're sad, but they're sad and they're going to take it out on you. So the heat stopping powder is great. We usually recommend to use that just for one month to get over this like transitional time.
3: And then when you start it, does it? just start using it and use it for a month or is there a particular time during their cycle that you should start it? If, if you know, if you have a mare
2: that has a difficult time with a transitional time, then you should probably start it like before she goes through her first heat. Like, like in Florida, they start going in heat in like January, right? That's our spring, February. But if you live up North and you feel like, okay, I get a big show coming in May, And I hope this mare isn't a crazy maniac. You could start uh, like a month before you think you're going to have that issue. And then we maintain them on liver happy, which is a formula that's also used in people. It's uh, called free and easy wanderer because it's supposed to be like, you know, those monks of the old times of Kung Fu movies where they would just wander.
3: Go for a walkabout. Yeah.
2: For a walkabout. (laughs) It's to make you like carefree. So, it's a, it's a really uh, formula used in people to deal with everyday
3: life stresses. Oh, we all need some of that right now. Can I get a, dub- can <laughs> I get a double order, please? Free, a free and easy wanderer. Yeah. yeah. In horses and dogs, we call it liver happy.
2: Um, uh, but those are two good ways to use that. And then remember in the fall, their ovaries are shutting down. And sometimes we do see uh, some issues in the fall, crabbiness. Maybe not as explosive as in the spring, but in the fall when their ovaries are shutting down, sometimes we can have behavior issues. So heat-stopping powder is for when you need, like, a- aggressive treatment
3: right now, and then the liver happy is for just, like, calming their mood. Got it. So I'll get uh, get some liver happy for Glenn, and I will put it in his tea every morning. He'll never go. <laughs>
2: Glenn might need some liver happy. Maybe That's right. Liver happy right now. Stressed out, man.
3: All right. So where so folks want to get some oh, of yeah. these good things or learn more about them, where do they do it?
2: Uh, so uh you can go to drwendying.com and I have a blog and you can search the blog and they'll give you more details of the ingredients and uh some some behavior tips for your mares. Well, hi, Kathleen. Welcome back to Horses in the Morning. We can't wait to hear your segment on Carriages 101 this month.
4: Thank you, Wendy. We have lots to talk about today.
2: Yeah, I guess we got some questions from our listeners. And uh, one of the questions is from Emma, who is in South Bend, Indiana. And she is in a common situation we all find ourselves in. She has a pony, she has harness, she has a carriage, but she doesn't know how to put them all together. So she's asking for some advice.
4: Yes, and it's it's hard sometimes when you're not uh, around someone that has expertise in these things. But, you know, we've broken horses to drive for thousands of years, and, and it can be done. You know, obviously, we would like you to be able to access an expert. Um, so I would tell you that in your area, the Carriage and Sleigh Association of Northwest Indiana is active. Um, and there is also the Indiana Whips and Wheels. I checked with them and they, they did recommend that the um, Carriage and Sleigh Association was a bit closer to you. So you might reach out to them, which actually brings me to a really good point that I keep seeing pop up on Facebook where someone says, hey, there's a club that's you know relatively near you. And people are like, oh, it's five hours away. Well, it may be five hours away, but that doesn't mean that everyone lives right in that immediate area. So it's worth reaching out to those clubs because, A, people do travel. I mean, right now, obviously, we're all sheltering in place. But generally speaking, people do travel. Somebody might be coming your way. Particularly in South Bend, Indiana, yeah. where the Studebaker Museum is, there's people, there's knowledgeable Ooh. horse people coming to that area all the time. And so, isn't South Bend near Shipshuana,
2: Indiana? It where is it's a big Amish country there, isn't
4: it? I believe it is as well. Um, the The biggest thing that if you decide that you want to go with an Amish trainer is to make sure that they understand that you want your your animal to start out at a walk and to be able to stand um, because a lot of times they get into the cart and just want to go. You don't um, want to just go for the doctor. Yes. So, <laughs> um, and, and well, I think Jim
2: part- Higgendorf is up there, Jim Higgendorf and, uh, <laughs> and you know, they do the draft horses, but even if you find somebody that does draft horses, even if you have a little pony, they still know how to put the harness on and can help you.
4: Absolutely. And so, even if it's not your breed or your specialty, you know, if you want to go into a driving, but all you can find is somebody that um, is driving a workhorse at the end of the day, the harness fits pretty close to the same.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
4: you know, with the, the breaching, we want it to be high enough that it's not going to take the legs out from underneath the horse, but not so high that it gets underneath the tail. Um, and with the collar, you know, we don't want to cut off their wind but we don't mm-hmm. want it to drop down, uh, it should be right above that point of the shoulder. And you know, another
2: thing I thought would be great for Emma is uh, the care, the driver's proficiency program that you run. at Absolutely.
4: The CAA. So the CAA has a driver proficiency program. It, we have three levels to it. Level one is the basic, and it walks the driver through... Um, the things that you need to know. Now, we don't actually necessarily teach you what to do. We don't, um, but it is a guide to what you should know. And we do have um, someone at the end that can get you through a proficiency um, program. But we do have resources for that. So for level one, for instance, you need to know how to take care of your horse and harness your horse. You need to know how to balance your cart at a basic level and you need to know how to how to drive safely, as in knowing when, when to, how to do the hand signals for turning on the road, those type of things. So those resources are all listed on our website under the CAA Driver Proficiency. Some of them um, are available for free. They're through Google Books. Others of them are low cost. We talked about them, a few of the resources last time, um, you know, some of those books are twelve ninety nine or something in that area, so they're very reasonable. The other thing that we're doing right now, um, while we're sheltering in place, is the CAA on Thursdays at two o'clock Eastern Standard Time um, has a book club on our Facebook page, oh, and fun. right now we are doing the Elegant Carriage, so we are talking about different types of carriages. And then I'm not quite sure what book we're going to be going to next, but I expect it to be uh, a beginner level uh, book uh, that covers a lot of variety of things. Um, so those are available; those sessions are available for free, and they're right there on the website, so you can listen to them at any time. Um, it's myself talking about what is happening in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can be doing dishes and listening to me talk. That's great. You know, I'm going to listen. I love yeah. listening. Uh, <laughs> and it's been going really well. But um, basically, you know, you just need to to have some confidence in yourself and, and maybe have an expert take a look at something. If you can't find anybody in your area, feel free to drop me an email um, at the CAA office. And I can try to assist you. Uh, based on the time that I have. Um, Right now, not being in the office, we're remoting in from work. Um, (laughs) But it's a great system to go through. I do find that the proficiency is a great way to go. For level two, I got through level one. I have my level two myself. I got through level one, no problem. And I actually kind of overprepared because I had gone through the 4-H Hippology program, and I was prepared. I mean, <laughs> I could have taken that harness apart and put it together blindfolded, and I would have been okay. <laughs> Level two, you learn more about how to take uh, carriages and fit them to different horses, um, what type of carriages will work in different situations, um, and it's about being able to take care of more than your horse. Um, it's a great learning opportunity now while we're in this um shelter in place situation because you don't have to have a horse to learn about your driving mm-hmm. uh, to get through that level of proficiency. We did yeah. have a question that came in that is related to that. That was from Samantha in Kentucky. And she was asking about springs on her vehicle. Springs are one of those things that no one thinks about until you hit your first bump. <laughs>
2: That's for sure.
4: <laughs> yes. Um, and while researching this for her, I really did come across some things that made us stop and think. Because she was saying that on her vehicle, she had a sea spring.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Well, you and I probably think of a sea spring as something that looks like a capital, um, very fancy C. Mm-hmm. But she has a smaller vehicle. And so by the definition of Webster, a sea spring is anything that's shaped kind of like a U but really a C. So when they say C springs they're actually putting the C in quotation marks because it's not a C spring like a capital C it looks more like a U Mm -hmm. and that's what she has. They are better than a coil spring which is often what you see on the uh, or perceived to be better than the coil springs which you typically see on an easy entry cart. Yeah. And these little sea springs are becoming very popular on easy entries. As far oh, as she we,
2: has an easy entry card, she has one, yes. Okay.
4: okay, Yeah. which is what really confused me because I that's all I yeah. got. I, I didn't understand. I'm like, how did you get a vehicle with a sea spring and then it's an easy entry? But they do make them out in, in California, um, and some other places. The thing to know, you know, there's If you're going to drive in the long run, you may want to invest in a vehicle with some serious springs on it. If you're somebody that's going to just go out and enjoy driving a few times a year, you know, spend what you need to spend to make yourself safe. But, you know, I understand that you're not going to go out and spend three to three to two thousand dollars on a carriage. You know, I mean, that's just not realistic for a lot of people. But make sure that you get the safest vehicle that you possibly can buy.
2: Yeah, and I think that's really great advice, too, because I think, you know, you get an easy entry cart. That's a great starter vehicle for, like, breaking your horse to drive on a flat area. But if you go and try to go out on the trail, like you said, hit a big bump, it's going to rocket you out of the carriage.
4: Right. So. I actually did that at a horse show once at Barneville in New York. <laughs> um and there was two of us on the care of the easy entry, and we must have gone up in the air at least three inches. And when we came <laughs> down, we, we cracked the seat because we hit that bump so hard. Yeah. So you do have to a recognize the um, limitations of the vehicle that you purchase, right. and then recognize the types of springs. There are really eight different types of springs that are out there. Quite often, the ellipticals are probably the most common ones. If you're looking at vehicles, you may want to look at an elliptical spring. If you're buying a marathon vehicle, that's a whole different yeah. category. And and we could go on for literally hours about the elliptical <laughs> springs that go on on a marathon vehicle. But if you're you're just going out, the thing to really I in in my opinion think about is how your feet are gonna hit the um, floor. You wanna make sure that the angle to your knees is something that you're comfortable in and that the seat is wide enough for you. Because Mm -hmm. one of the things that I looked at when I looked at these uh, little vehicles with the sea springs on them is a lot of the seats are only 12 inches wide.
2: And that's not
4: very wide. They must be made
2: in China. They must be made in China carts. Chinese people (coughs) are so tiny that even half Chinese people like me can't fit in their clothes sizes.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Um, then. Most seats are more like a 14 inch and and wider. So particularly if you're a plus size person, a 12 inch seat may not fit you. So along with suspension, make sure that how you sit in the seat. And I know it's hard because, you know, we we buy these things online and we may not get to try them. But you need to look at the length of your leg from your knee down and then also from your hip to your knee and say, okay, is a 12 inch seat, go, you know, going to be big enough for me? Yeah. And is that seat going to be high enough uh, or short enough to the dash so that I don't need a cricket? You
2: um, know, a lot of times too, when people start out, they're starting with a pony or they buy a pony sized vehicle. And if you buy an older pony size vehicle, they were made for little tiny kids. Absolutely. So, so you might, buy a pony-sized vehicle online that looks great because it's proportioned, but then you get it home and it's proportioned to your pony. But if you're a tall person, there's not going to be any room for your legs in there.
4: Absolutely. And and I had a friend that actually bought a vehicle, and she had it custom made. Mm-hmm. And I'm not quite sure. I love my friend, but I'm not quite sure why. But she had it made so that her husband could sit in it, and he is almost six feet tall. Well, she's 5'5". Five five. Right. And so she had to get a cricket to put on the bottom. And so what a cricket is, is really, it's a, basically a box that goes on the bottom of the, uh, or the floor of the carriage, and then you can put your feet on. And, and so that's what they call them. Um, and there's nothing wrong with having a cricket. If you need it, they're perfectly acceptable. Brewster used to make them, you know, lots of places did. So if you go into a show ring with one, that's fine, but it's best to find a vehicle that, fits you and your horse ideally but you know we all know that that's not always possible so you know crickets are there to help you out um but yes you know if you can behind the safest vehicle that you can find a seat that fits you the springs there's a there's entire books dedicated to springs but, (laughs) but but literally literally you know and wendy and i are laughing because There's so much spring information Mm -hmm. out there. But generally speaking, you know, you're going to want something with an elliptical spring, I think. Um, And there are pluses and minuses. It depends on what type of train you're going over. Mm -hmm. Um, So the next one that we had come in was, I believe, from Tanya in Denmark. And she had a really great question that kind of ties in with Emma's question. She is out some place where she doesn't have a lot of people to help her
3: mm-hmm.
4: and she doesn't have a set of orange cones but she wants to learn how to do cones and is it okay to use other things the answer is absolutely it's okay to do other things with <laughs> them um, and I'm, I'm sure you've done this as well Wendy where you're like Okay, there's two mud puddles coming down the driveway. Right, right. <laughs> We're going to go in between them, you know, and or we might go through them. But, you know, you can use whatever it is that you have available for training. And, and you know, maybe eventually you need that orange cone if you're going to start doing competition. For whatever reason, sometimes horses are scared of white things. So yeah. I particularly like to use something white. But a bucket, an upside down bucket will work. Um, I've used flower planters we did one uh, a competition once that was 18th century themed particularly mm-hmm. Civil War themed and so we took basketballs and we painted them black <laughs> and they, so they looked like cannonballs and we That's piled great. them up and so I mean like you can use whatever you want if you've got a colored rock and you want to put that out there go for it you know um, I would just use one thing of caution that,
2: uh, you know, the cones are good because if you hit them, they just yes. kind of move over. So you want to make sure you don't use something like, I remember when I first started learning to drive, Dee Dee Bushneck said to me, the most dangerous thing you can hit with your carriage is like something the size of a pig. <laughs> and it was because she had a mini pig at the time. But oh. that's true. Like running over something like that that size, like a mini pig or a Labrador, uh,
4: you know, that is going to tip you. Don't run over the dog.
2: (laughs) But, but so rocks can be good. And and like you said, buckets, but you just need to be careful because right, if you, it can, something non-squishy can run, can flip you over.
4: So I did hit a flower pot once. I, (laughs) I don't ever hit anything. You know how that goes. Uh, and I took out a flower pot with a marathon vehicle. Yeah. And it broke in half. Oh, wow. And half of it went up and caught in between my wheel and the body of the marathon vehicle. Yeah. It was going
2: oh, my Just God. Like going
4: down the side of a, a road or whatever. And my horse, thank goodness, you know, again, this comes down to putting a good woe on your horse. And uh, he was I was like, he was like, uh, should I go? And I'm like, no, I I would really like you to stay here, <laughs> and uh, you know, and we actually never came to a full stop. My groom that was on the back just yeah. reached down, pulled it out, dropped it over off to the side, and on we went.
2: Oh my um, gosh, that's great!
4: But uh, yeah, you do have to be careful about things that you can can break. But at the same time, be creative. Yeah, um, the pool noodles work great if you want to put them out on. Oh, that's a great idea. And the other thing we do, you know, we see this at lower level shows all the time where you put two boards together or two two by fours on the ground and you put enough space for a wheel plus a little to go through. Right. Because at the end of the day, driving cones is about control and putting a horse where you need it to be. So if you want to practice with those two-by-fours, or even if you have one two-by-four, you know, putting it up there. If you have a pair, then you put the pair the pole down the middle of that two-by-four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those type of things, because, you know, cones is about having fun. Yeah, But it's also about having control and being able to put a horse where you need it to be. And, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, cones are so much fun. I. I <laughs> And Emma, or excuse me, Tanya also asked if her five-year-old was too young to start. And just, you know, it's probably not. Um, you just want to make sure that you don't get overly caught up in the whole, I'm going to go out and do cones thing. You don't want them to yeah. become like a barrel horse that gets overly hyped. Um, right. You want to keep them calm. Professional barrel horses, you know, they do other things with them other than run barrels. You don't want to run cones with your horse all the time either. So,
2: Yeah. That's
4: great. Those are great
2: questions. Well, Kathleen, thank you so much. Um, we do more questions in the future because it's really informative and fun. So yes. I, uh, I think everybody should go to the caaonline.com website so they can get some more information about the uh, books that you're talking about and the CAA Driver Pro- Proficiency Program. And, um, and then look for you on, is it Thursday that you have your
4: Facebook Live? Because it is. It's Thursday at 2 o'clock Eastern Time on uh, Carriage Association of America um, Facebook page.
2: All right, great. Thanks so much. Thank you.
0: And now our own Dr. Wendy Ying speaks with Roger from Greenflower Botanicals in a series we call CBD Oil 101.
2: Well, in our continuing series about CBD oil... We're going to talk about how we can use CBD oil to treat anxiety. That's such a huge problem in people and in our pets and horses. So, Roger, how can we how can we use CBD oil to help us deal with our everyday stresses in life?
0: First of all, that's probably the number one uh, reason. Uh, at least we see people purchasing CBD oil from um, our website and different outlets is for relief of anxiety, whether it's a person or it's um, separation anxiety or storm anxiety in pets or arena anxiety in horses. Mm-hmm. And just the way CBD works uh, with the central nervous system and, and the brain, it just really is a very effective uh, angiolytic uh, and the way that it works uh, with just literally no side effects. And, and again, the other good thing about CBD, not only does it have this wonderful, really calming, stabilizing effect, but unlike some people know CBD and marijuana are kind of tied in together. Um, but unlike that, there's absolutely no intoxicating effect. There's no sedative effect. So it's not making you groggy or sleepy. So you're fully alert. Uh, you're just really more balanced and just a sense of uh, control and so forth and so on. So again, it's a it's a wonderful product. Can't recommend it uh, highly enough when it comes to anxiety related issues.
2: Yeah, you know it's it's hard to treat anxiety um, and behavior issues, especially in our animals, without using something that sedates them. So this is such a great uh, alternative so, so that they can keep their wits about them and still uh, reach their top athletic performance and keep their brilliance, but can be more relaxed and be the horse they are at home when you're at the shows. <laughs> they can be like the horse you know, and you know they
0: can be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, absolutely. That's, that's yeah, because it, you know, right it helps think- them learn. Oh, go ahead. That's the other thing. It calms them down, which then helps them learn and mm-hmm. um, and perform.
2: Yeah, and when you're nervous, everybody knows you forget a lot of things, you know, like your memory doesn't work and you, you make some mistakes. So this is a great way to relax the, your yourself if you get show nerves or your animals, and they can be at their peak performance. So, Roger, Absolutely. where can people find out more about uh, Greenflower Botanical products?
0: Sure, just go over to greenflowerbotanicals.com see all of our products there and also a lot of really great information to help you learn more about it and how to choose products and how to dose and everything like that and as well we have a special coupon for hrn listeners if you use coupon code hrn you'll save 20 percent off your first order with us if you show your horses please check with your federation on the legal use of cbd oil
2: All right. So we're lucky enough to have uh, one of our world champion drivers, Susie Stafford, join us again here on the Horse Radio Network. And she has a very inspiring story about her mare, Honey, also known as PVF Peace of Mind. So welcome, Susie, back to the show. Hi, thanks, Wendy. Thanks for having me. Um, So we all know Honey. She was a the 2015 horse of the year and you had such great success with her. And then, uh, you retired her to become a mommy, but now you're back in competition. So tell us all about it. What happened?
5: Um, so yeah, I was having some, a little bit of soundness issues with her. Um, the last time that I had competed her in 2008, yeah, early on 2018. So uh, I decided to just give her a break, and I always really wanted a full out of her. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know, what better time to give her a little bit of a rest and um, hopefully uh, let her have some babies that could possibly do half of what she was able to accomplish. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so I, um, so I started breeding her that season and. Um, it was not going well, and I actually carried it over into the next uh breeding season, and that pretty much went the same as the first one,
1: mm-hmm. so
5: which was unsuccessful. Um, I guess you know, she was essentially made to be a performance horse and right. not a mother, she doesn't and, want babies, uh, so yeah, obviously, she does not want babies, and um, and I. Can't say I disapprove her. So, <laughs> um, so, so. Needless to say, she was sort of hanging out at the farm um, with not much to do. Um, she wasn't pregnant, and she was out of work at the time, and she wasn't handling it very well mentally. Um, she was getting herself into trouble in the field and oh, um, bothering all her pasture mates and such so because you
2: were showing other horses at the time right so she was on vacation and you were spending time with other horses
5: right right yes and you know she would she would bite at the gate every time she'd see me goodbye with another horse and (laughs) um amongst many many other um obnoxious uh, behaviors that she has or lovingly (laughs) so as i like to say so <laughs> so um so I decided to just start to put her back to work and my initial thought was that she could um come back and compete at a somewhat lower level just to give her something to do mm-hmm. and um and I was going to possibly lease her to one of my clients yeah and so I put her back to work and was fairly careful with her you know cuz she had been um out of work for 2 years and um, She felt really good. So I just kept adding to the workload and she felt great. And um, that's how Live Oak came to be. I just kept adding to the workload and she felt super. And so I decided, I don't know, maybe a month or two before the show that we'd give it a go. (laughs) And so you hadn't shown her since the
2: Live Oak in 2018 then, right?
5: Correct. Correct. Yeah.
2: And, and we how old is finish. she this year?
5: And that show we I didn't even finish the show. We did dressage and then I oh. withdrew her. And we
2: how old o- how old is she this year? She is
5: thirteen. Oh she's still a
2: spring chicken then.
5: Yeah, no, she's not she's not old, um, by any means. Um, but she does have a lot of you know, she has a lot of miles on her legs. I, yeah. I started competing her um pretty early on and um you
2: know, it the, takes soul. And they're athletes. So, were you, uh, you know, a month before Live Oak to decide? Okay, I think I'm going to go to Live Oak. <laughs> I mean, you've shown there before, but it's really challenging. Like, did you feel good in that decision? Because she's that kind of champion type of athletic horse that, like, you you know, you knew she had it in her to go.
5: Um, I I did question myself for a minute, you know that that maybe uh, that show wasn't the best show to uh, make a comeback <laughs> at because it <laughs> because it is quite challenging and it's you know the best drivers um yeah. in the states and but but at the same time you know I showed her for so long and I've done all of her training so I knew she knew her job mm-hmm. and I just had to trust that all that training that I had done with her over the years and our relationship together would carry us through the show. Um, And as you, as you said, I've shown there many, many times. So I'm really comfortable with the, uh, the venue. So nothing was, um, you know, unexpected. I knew what was going to be asked of her. So,
2: so you have to tell us all, all how she did. How did your dressage go?
5: Um, She was really uh, quite wound up the day before dressage, Um, you know, very excited to be back at Live Oak, maybe a little Mm -hmm. too excited, but, um, (laughs) but again, that's, that's a little bit her MO, so I, you know, I didn't, I didn't uh, bother with changing anything too much, Um, and she did exactly what I thought she would do, you know, she came out on dressage day, and she knew her job, and. Uh, she performed beautifully. and you know, she did everything that I'd asked her to do, and, and she felt really ready. and And um, we ended up uh, winning the dressage phase in our division. So, um, oh, that's obviously, great. the judges liked it also. So,
2: were you so happy to be back in the? You know, with not. I mean, you show you show a lot, but sometimes it's so special when it's like she's such a. She's your. You own this horse. But plus she was such a champion, you know, you guys have been through so much together. Was it really emotional getting back into it with her?
5: Yeah, I, um, you know, she is a once in a lifetime horse and I, uh, and she is owned by me, which, um, many of the other horses that I had pretty good success with, um, were not. So I do think there's a little bit of a different dynamic there that, um, makes it a little more special you know, a little more personal, Mm -hmm. uh, to me and, um, yeah, and she felt, she felt really good, like better than she had, I think the last few times I showed her. So I felt really good about bringing her back and she was in such a great, uh, mental state and frame of mind, um, when I did, and when we did come back. So that made me feel really good.
2: And how did the marathon go?
5: Um, she was a she was a beast. She was a beast and <laughs> and I and I and I mean that in a complimentary way. She she was um super game and ready. Uh, I think that the um, the new version of the marathon track was to our advantage where they took out uh, the section A. Mm-hmm of the course and had the controlled warm-up I think that was a huge advantage for us in this you know at this show because I did not have essentially as much time as I would have ideally had planned to get her fit enough for a three-section marathon so right I think that really helped her um, power through all the obstacles and um, like I said she was just she was a beast. She was there for me, every turn, and um, she still had plenty at the end. So
2: she looked like she looked like she really missed going out there and doing her marathon obstacles because she looks. I saw you on video. She looked so happy.
5: Yeah, yeah. She was. Um, she was certainly having a good time.
2: <laughs> and so powerful. I mean, but sometimes yeah. people don't realize how much power they actually need to be galloping like a you know, eight meter circle pulling the carriage and two people.
5: Yeah, it is. It is um, it's quite an effort um, physically on the horses and she's not, um, you know, she's not a big horse. She's uh, about 52 on a good day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but she is, she is quite powerful for her size and she's, you know, a little on the smaller side, so maybe a little more uh, nimble and easier to get around some of the tighter turns.
2: Yeah. And yeah. then, did she feel good going into cones? Did she was she sore from marathon, or she was ready to roll?
5: Um, actually, no. I, I again, that was a little bit one of my uh, worries uh, going into the third day. I wasn't sure what I was going to have, but um, but I have to say, I mean, she felt she felt super. She the course um, drove quite nicely, but she felt like butter. Mm-hmm. It was super soft in both frames and um worked the night and um, didn't seem to have any residual, um, you know, physical limitations from the day before. So, yeah, I was I was thrilled about that.
2: That must make you so proud as a horse woman and, and as a trainer, because you brought her on yourself from the very beginning. And then to bring her back from this injury and to get through a show like Live Oak is difficult on a good day, you know. And for her to end up in yeah, cones I, like that, you must have been really proud of yourself.
5: Yeah, I, I don't know if proud of myself is necessarily what I was feeling. But, um, but I was, you know, every horse that I get in the barn teaches me a lot um, in all aspects of horsemanship, whether it be, you know, um, different types of training physically, mentally, um, different types of prep. Uh, to get them fit. And um, I always try to think somewhat outside of the box because they are all extremely different. Yeah. Uh, And I decided for her to get her to Live Oak, I I added something that I've never really utilized in my training, which was the Aqua Treadmill. And I think it really um, uh, gave me a huge advantage in her case. Oh, that's um, great. To the fact that she did so well. So so I was I was I was happy that I was able to think outside the box and it did work out for me this time. So
2: yeah, that's super. That's super. Because I mean that's really what it's all about is to make sure they're happy, healthy and sound and you really did a great job with her. It's so nice to see you guys back in the game again. So
5: Oh, thank you. Yeah,
2: happy. yeah. She's she's special. So, uh, so, luckily, you made it to Live Oak before all the shows were canceled, because I would oh, ask I what was next when for next? the year, but um, <laughs> I don't know what's next for any of it. Yeah,
5: Now, <laughs> right, uh, I, yeah, I don't, I, I obviously can't answer that, but um, uh, I don't know about bromon I'm pretty sure that I don't see that. Being a possibility at this point, but um, you don't but think I'm, they'll run Broma? I don't you, you, know. It's, or maybe you know, they won't
2: even let you through the border. Who
5: knows? Right, right. So as uh, I sort of focus on fall, um, I'm, I'm hopeful that things will be back to normal by then. And yeah, um, you know, we're going to focus on a couple of the bigger shows in, in the fall. But. Uh, so and well that's as far ahead as I can as I can plan.
2: <laughs> So you know what? Uh your next thing has to be with her I don't know if you've already done this with her or not, but uh you need to make her your tandem leader.
3: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. She because mm-hmm. horses
2: like that are like stop the best wendy stop, leader. I can
3: hear the gears going. <laughs> <laughs> You
2: have that. Yeah, I, you Can do the Frisian mm. in the wheel and honey in the no.
5: In the
1: <laughs>
5: mm, I don't know. She'd appreciate a Frisian. Well, oh, but but
2: <laughs> the Frisian just has to pull the cart, and she just has to look fabulous out in front. That's what she needs to do, and she'll love that.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll talk to her about it and see how she feels about it. But well, my guess is she's. You know, she likes to be the center of attention. So.
2: <laughs> well, Susie, how can people find out more about you and Honey?
5: Um, I have a page on Facebook, uh, Staff Carriage Driving, if you're into the Facebook thing. Um, I also have a personal page there that I... That's probably where I keep um, the most updated information, just because it's a little easier. Uh, and I do have a website... Uh, staffordcarriagedriving.com that you can um, find me there as well. and And do you uh, do you do, do lessons do, and training, right? Yeah, I'm uh, based in Franklinville, New Jersey, and I have a barn here that I do, you know full training and lessons. Um, I travel around for clinics. Uh, not in the last, not in these few months here, but um, soon to be back at it again, hopefully. Well
2: great. Well but congratulations to you both. I'm so happy to see you both back in competition again and uh you'll have to come back and fill us in at the uh, at the end of the year and tell us if you're horse of the year again.
5: Yeah, well uh I'm already I'm, I'm pretty happy with what we've achieved so far. So anything <laughs> else would be a bonus. <laughs> I think I think <laughs> with with that England. kind of story.
2: You might be back up there again a two timer. <laughs>
5: yeah. You yeah, know, she's um she's Pretty
2: special this month. So. All right. Well, thanks so much. Bye bye, Susie. Bye, Nathan. All right. Thanks, Wendy. Thank you. All right. We're in the pandemic uh, season, episode two. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> last month, we were at the beginning of the pandemic and we talked about the immune system and how it's a battle between the external invaders and your internal uh, strength to fight them, to keep them out. So this month, we're going to talk with Dr. Stuart Pierce of Kinetic Vet about their new product, ArmorGuard, which is a new long-lasting spray-on disinfectant for uh, stalls, trailers, grooming equipment, and yes, even that gross bathroom in your barn. And that can help stop, that can defeat the the external invaders before you have to fight them internally. So welcome, Stuart, to uh, the Chinese medicine segment of our show.
6: Hey, uh, pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you for uh, allowing me to join.
2: Yeah, the, it's great to have you on because Jennifer and I were just talking. We love the Kinetic Vet products. You have such a great line of products that are really so useful and they really work. Uh, and then this new disinfectant is really a game changer. So tell us all about it.
6: Well, um, again, thank you. And and we take it really, we take uh, the animal health industry real Real seriously, there's seven veterinarians in our family, our extended family, and five of them uh, graduated from the University of Missouri, so very proud of the tradition. The Armor Guard, uh, thank you for uh, doing this. The Armor Guard RTU um, is new to the animal health. It is a spray-on, stay-on technology, Mm -hmm. and a lot of of people... um, and it, it, it's classified as a surface antimicrobial treatment. It's not really classified as a disinfectant.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, just it's it's classified as a, a surface treatment. So with that, uh, what makes it stay on there for an extended am- amount of time? Um, you have different cleaners and and things in your household, and this actually this is just like that, but. Um, What we've done is we've added a silicon to to the molecule, to the quaternary ammonia molecule, Mm -hmm. and it will bind to the surfaces and it stays there. And, um, it's, it's, it's colorless, it's, it's odorless and you won't even, and it dries in three minutes, but that finish stays on there. And it's an antimicrobial agent for up to 90 days. And it kind of depends on the traffic. If you've got a lot of traffic in the area, that'll brush it off and then it'll, it'll need to be applied sooner.
2: So we should make sure to like clean the area. Say you're going to, uh, disinfect your horse trailer, right? Mm-hmm. Say so you you can't say uh, like Jennifer has the rescue pony, or I have friends that love to go to the sale and buy these ponies
3: that you I'm know right come here, home Wendy, and break. I'm right here, I'm right here,
2: and they break with strangles,
3: right? And then you're like, oh,
2: I can't believe I let that person borrow my horse trailer. So yeah. how would you deal with what would be a good so,
6: situation for that? So here's 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 how we're posing, and here's how this product is labeled. So you come in. You you clean and you clean and disinfect your trailer, okay. Mm-hmm. Once you put your disinfecting agent on, whatever it is, and you rinse it off, it's gone. Right. There's no there's no residual activity. So then what what she needs to do with her trailer is she comes in, and as soon as the disinfectant is dry, spray this on here with a with a pump sprayer. We've got it available in thirty two ounce one-gallon, five-gallon, and 55-gallon container.
1: Oh, wow. And
6: Yeah, and you go in, you take a one-gallon or two-gallon pump sprayer,
1: mm-hmm. you spray it
6: on the surface, whether it's stainless or, or wood or, or whatever, then you let it dry and then it's protected. Okay, then if you come back in, they say you uh, haul a horse and then you uh, you come back in and you spray it down with water and use your disinfectant. This actually, the coating actually stays off. It's not washed off. Mm-hmm. Okay, this whole this whole concept was uh, introduced by Dow Chemical uh, in the eighties, seventies, and eighties, where they used to treat fabric. Okay, oh. long lasting. Mm-hmm. So all we've done is we've taken this molecule, diluted it out, made a surface active adhesion to it, and it stays there.
2: And like say, then like you know we're in coronavirus time. So like say all of a sudden you have this uh, this coating on the on the wall of your trailer. If bacteria or viruses get on there, then ah uh, they can't grow and thrive because of this coating, right?
6: Yeah, what it is, now it's not labeled for viral. I can't get in trouble here by saying cure all cure all, okay. I, I went through the EPA process and then it, it's a surface antimicrobial for bacterial, fungus, algae, and things like that. But if you look at if you look at the different other disinfectants that are out there, they're quaternary ammonias. Yeah. And then um they they do have envelope virus activity. You know, they do have yeah. They do have, but I went through the so what. So what I do is so when you come through, say that you have a bacteria or or, or, or something on that surface, it decreases the it, it's a mechanical kill. So here's yeah. here's what it does. the The quaternary ammonia has a uh, the sciquat, the silicone quaternary ammonia. Has a nitrogen-positive tra- uh, charged nitrogen that draws in these uh, microbes. Mm-hmm. And there's a long carbon chain on the quats, and that carbon chain actually pierces the cell membrane of the, of the bug that it's going to uh, kill.:
1: Oh, that's so great.
6: It's, yeah, it's not a chemical. It's not right. a chemical, and the quats are mechanical kill. And so yeah. it looks like if you would if you would take a microscopic view of the surface, it looks like a bunch of swords sticking up on the surface. So these microbes come in contact with it and rupture it. One of oh, the one great. of the things, yeah, one of the things that's really big and and in the veterinary field and, 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 and also the animal health and even on the human side, because this is, this is approved for not only animal health, but it's approved for household use. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but one of the things is a biofilm. So you go in and you, like you clean your countertops or you clean your horse stalls or you clean your horse trailer. Right. Then four or five hours after that, then it starts to populate bacteria and things on the surface. Yeah. Dicquats reduce that.
2: That's really great because, you know, that's what's shown to be one of the ways that bacteria become resistant to our disinfectants and antibiotics from this biofilm. They kind of hide in the, their biofilm.
6: Yeah. And that that's what, there's no mutation. There's no, and like I said, it's safe. The safety yeah. data, the safety data on this. And like I said, it's used. Th- you, you may not realize this, but we commonly use this product, this type of product every day. Mm-hmm. But we've added the silicone to where it will adhere to surfaces and not go away.
1: Yeah,
2: so you can also use it on your on your tack and brushes too, right?
6: Right. Um it is actually approved it's approved on the label um the brushes if you soak them you have to you you get a bucket of this and you it's RTU so that means it's ready to use no dilution. Mm-hmm. You get it, you soak the brushes, you soak the girth, you soak the tack, uh the the all the brushes, anything that you can soak. Then you you let them up and you can actually dry them in the dryer bandages, Mm -hmm. even, you know, your wraps, leg wraps and things.
1: Oh, that's great. Um, You
6: can soap them in this and it'll treat those articles and it'll last up to 90 days in those articles too.
2: I think this is such a great product. I'm so excited to try it, but... Uh, Stuart, I have to ask you another thing about another product that we really love Uh-oh. because Jennifer was just talking about her pony that has sweet itch, and she doesn't know what she's going to do this summer. And I told her we need to talk about the IHB spray.
6: Yeah. The IBH, yeah. Insect bite hypersensitivity. We yeah. found, I mean, that is really, you know, allergies and horses are, I mean, it's kind of like humans. When You know, back in the day when I was growing up, you know, it was kind of a non-existent. But now, right. as, as we're going through time, allergies are everywhere, horses and stuff. So the IBH spray, which you know the insect bite hypersensitivity, uh, there's a spray that, that has not only an anti-inflammatory component to it, but it has a natural insect repellent. So mm-hmm. you know? And then one of the really good products that we've got out there is our EquaShield SA, Skin and Allergy Supplement. Mm-hmm. It's it's doing amazing, uh, amazing. And you
2: have that for dogs also, right? You have yeah. a horse mm-hmm. one and a dog one.
6: Yeah. Yeah. All the people, it just, it's, it's really interesting because everybody that has a horse has a dog normally. So, right. So that's why we developed that.
2: Yeah, that's what we always say here too because we talk about horses, but 100% of horse people have dogs.
6: Yeah, they got to have it. Yep, that's
2: right. And and horse people are always going to medicate their dogs with horse medicine if they can. They're going to want yeah. that.
6: Yeah, so. that's right. That's right. You know, that's a pretty common that's a pretty common place. We just made them as a soft chew for, you know, for the, you know, for the owners and just made them— it's the exact same you know the ingredients the I you know the it's got the quercetin in there which is a natural antihistamine it's just phenomenal results guys phenomenal results
2: so where can people find out more about the kinetic vet products
6: um, go to our website it's www.kineticvet.com
1: all right K- great
6: K i n e t i c v e t tcom com. And you'll be able to find out all of our research and all of our information, all of our products, and everything on the website.
2: Well, Stuart, thank you so much for joining us. I love to have other vets on the show, and uh, that, I think that's one of the main reasons I love your products. Now that I know that you're like have all these vets in your family, you know what we, horse people, are going through every day, and that's what your products really show. It's like how we can how we can make our lives at the barn better. So thank you again yeah, for
1: joining.
6: Oh, you're welcome. And yeah, it's always an interesting conversation around the dinner table, as you can probably be aware of with (laughs) all the veterinarians. (laughs) (laughs) Only most people
3: hang around the hang around the dinner table and talk about fungal infections and sticky skin. And it's Yeah, that's
6: right. That's right. (laughs) All right, guys.
2: Okay, so we have ADS President Dan Rosenthal here to give us our monthly American Driving Society update. Welcome, Dan.
7: Thanks, Wendy. It's good to be here.
2: Well, uh, you have some uh, exciting times, I guess, going on in the ADS this year. First, you had your USEF agreement, and now we have the coronavirus.
7: I know, almost immediately after one <laughs> came the other. When we were so excited about all the competitions we were going to have together, yep. now it looks like we may not be having any for a while. Uh, yeah. As you're aware, the ADS, the USEF, the FBI, and pretty much every athletic organization in the country and in the world has had to cancel a lot of activities. And so we have, in consultation with all of our organizers and our clubs, uh, we've canceled pretty much everything that would bring numbers of people together. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is an incredible shame for our competitors and for our organizers and for the clubs. Uh, part of One of the things we've had to cancel that people may not be aware of is the pony measurement. We had uh, scheduled what we were calling pony measurement parties all over the country to measure people's ponies because we had a requirement that they all be measured by July. And since right. we've had to cancel that, the board has deferred that so the measurement requirement doesn't go into effect until the beginning of 2021. Uh, oh, assuming everything will be back in place and normal. Yeah, that's that's some good news. Uh, but we've been trying to think of ways to help our organizers and our competitors and the rest of our members as uh, they deal with this. Uh, most everyone I speak to is in one form of isolation or another a lot of people have their kids home for the first time in a long time um, so one of the things we've done is we've put out a the beginnings of an ads coloring book I'm laughing because most of the ones I've seen have been done by adults now um, people have been coloring in the uh, the drawings that we gave them and posting them all over the Facebook and other How social fun. media um, we have one that's a uh, a person doing a pleasure drive and another that's a pair um, out on a marathon. And, yeah, it's kind of fun for people to do. We've also been posting a lot of things on our website in our education section for people to be able to take a look at. Uh, while they're trapped, at least they can do that and go out and drive their ponies and practice things. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's such, a, there's
2: such a lot of different things that you're doing now and so much with education it's a great time to be able to have the time to read to figure out how to put your harness on to take it all apart
7: yep and just to learn yeah you know I I guess the thing to do is to use it as an opportunity to spend time with our families and our animals and do the things that we love doing um, and try not to worry yeah um, our YouTube channel, which is under the name of American Driving Society, has a lot of videos on it of, of our members driving, as well as a ton of educational stuff. Oh, uh, that's all great. of our educational videos and webinars are there. You could spend hours looking at that material. At is
2: YouTube. that new, Aren't your YouTube? YouTube? I didn't never even, even knew you had a
7: YouTube page. It's been a um, uh, little over a year. I did oh. it. I put really? it up, in the, I think, in the fall of 17 or 18. So it's been a year, year and a half, and I've been collecting videos of people driving, um, okay. trying to get as many videos as I could of our members driving their carriages, uh, because mm-hmm. it's always fun to watch the people you know. And there's a lot on there. I think there's about 50 of them now.
2: Oh, wow. And, you know, also with with uh, with driving, there's so many things. Like, I had to refit my pair harness because i was putting this new one in the pair and blah 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 and i was like oh i forgot how long it takes when you're switching out because you know once you get your (laughs) harness set it's like set and i was like oh i need this piece and i need this piece and
7: uh, so i had to explain to ann that i had to have six harnesses
2: Yeah, because, because you don't have, have to change it out.
7: And I just can't be doing that.
2: Right? No. <laughs> You're right. They all need their own harness because it takes too long.
7: We, <laughs> I've color-coded the traces to go with which carriage they go with because you can't have that many sets of traces. Okay. But, oh, I agree with you. It's wonderful having this. I'm I'm lucky. She's very tolerant.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. So uh, I know that we don't know when this uh, when we're going to get back to normal, but... Maybe, like, looking forward to fall, do you have a lot of things coming up?
7: Well, there's a lot of competitions scheduled for the fall, and Mm -hmm. it is our hope that they will all happen. Um, Quite a few of the competitions that have been canceled have actually been deferred. Oh, that's Um, good. So I think that if we're past the total quarantine part of this mess, uh there's going to be a lot people will be able to when I counted uh, I'll be in Aiken by then and I counted up about 10 things that I could do within an hour and a half of my farm oh great in the fall so there's a lot of stuff and um we look forward to having even more but for right now uh, what we're trying to do is just kind of help people get through it
2: so they can go to the a American Driving Society YouTube page, and then yeah, uh, what's your website? And, they,
7: and that's americandrivingsociety.org. dot org.
2: And they can find and everything. There are lots from right and there. lots
7: of links on there. Yeah, there's a there's a whole page of just endless, really, links about edu- of educational material. If you click on the uh, the top, it will tell it'll help you get there.
2: And the and a coloring book.
7: The coloring book is is on the website and it's on Facebook. If you go to our Facebook page, you'll find it there. Or if you go to Carriage Driving Today, uh, we posted the uh, coloring book there.
2: Super. Okay. Well, I'm glad. The ADS is looking positive and finding fun things to do during their quarantine. So thanks so much, Dan. And
7: we'll
2: Well, talk to you next month. Thanks
7: for having me. Good. Take care.
2: Well, it's time for the Tremont training tip with Katie Cadwell from Southern Pines, North Carolina. Welcome, Katie. Hi, Wendy. How are things going for you and Miranda there in, in North Carolina?
8: Oh, we're all good. You know, it's just a lot of staying at home and doing the same thing that we do every single day. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I so I think. For us horse people, us farm people, I should say, you know, it's uh, we have so much stuff we have to do at the farm anyways that we never have enough hours in the day to get it done, and now we have to stay home so we can
8: get actually a lot accomplished. Oh yes, the list of extra jobs that we've been trying to get done, yeah, and it's ever growing. But we still have to get the horses worked and the horse care done and. It's a complicated thing to deal with, with this shelter in place. Yeah. Do you, do you,
2: um, I I know a lot of people, maybe they have their show season planned out, especially like this time of year in North Carolina, you had a really big April coming up.
8: Yeah. So three of our big shows were coming up and you know, that's what we worked for all winter and thank God there was live Oak, but now our season is done. So mm-hmm. it kind of gives us all a chance to step back, say, okay, what do we need to work on? And what do we do in this current environment of shelter in place? Right. So
2: like sometimes people are like, oh, I,", w- I they were like gearing up for Southern Pines show. It didn't happen. So now they shouldn't be depressed. They should just think about, how do they have another chance to work on the things that they
8: were worried about going into the show? So, right. We can take a step back and work a little bit more on our basics and get really solid on that. So my big thing is right with everything that's going on, we do not want to try new things. We don't want to break Mm -hmm. a new horse to drive. We don't want to ride a horse. We haven't ridden. We want to be a little careful because you do not want to end up having to call an ambulance. Because you did oh, something that's stupid. that's true. I didn't think about that. Because you don't want to go to the hospital. Some, some places, they there's a three-hour wait for an ambulance.
2: Oh, my gosh.
8: Yeah, so, so don't so breaking, fall off your horse. Yeah, so breaking your baby to
2: ride this month probably isn't a good idea.
8: Yes, that <laughs> may not be the time to do that. But it's a good time to work on your basics, like go back and work on the circles and the stepping into mm-hmm. the outside rain and all that kind of stuff that you you know you can make better because mm-hmm. shows will start again eventually. Yeah, We just have to like take a deep breath and wait for it. Yeah.
2: And, you know, for some of us, like I know when I used to live up in Virginia, it was hard to get ready for live oak because I just couldn't get my horses fit in that amount of time because I was in snow in January, you know? So, uh, maybe if you're, you, you don't feel like your horse is 100% fit from the winter, now's your chance to really start fitting them up a little bit more.
8: Yes, exactly. And that's it. Like we have a couple things first, nothing trying new, you know, don't try anything new now, no breaking new ones and driving alone. Don't put yourself mm-hmm. in that situation, right? We all want to be as safe as we possibly be. Yeah, that's true. And yes, and so I know a lot of barns are training and I mean, are closing and us included because you think if someone comes in from the outside, mm-hmm. what happens, right? We, we're we exposed to everyone they're exposed to. And true. in a barn, you touch so many things mm-hmm. that in order to, Sanitize and wipe down and I mean even something as simple as going to the refrigerator and getting a water out of the tack room, you don't right. think about, well, now we have to wipe that all down. So that's just it, it makes sense with this shelter in place. It, either if you have a if your pony's at a trainer, leave it at the trainers. Let it get worked, yeah. let it get cared for. Because what happens if you get sick? Yeah. The the boarding barn is usually prepared for something like that and has a backup person. Right. But so what if about, you have your horse at home, yeah, I, I say go ahead and work it and work on the stuff that you know you can make better. That's true.
2: You know what? You know what I did?
8: Uh, what would you do?
2: I have this. Remember Abby? Uh, this horse Abby uh-huh. I have. Yeah. Katie and Randy trained him to drive, and I got him down here to Florida. And I had shown him. He drove single and pair, and he had a couple months off. And then I got him in the carriage, and he forgot how to drive. So I called them. I was like, "We drove this horse single, right?" And they're like, "And you said yes, of course we drove single." But he all over Southern Yeah, but he's the kind of horse he forgets. He's broke. He's like, "Oh well, I thought Uh I was done. I'm on vacation." So I long lined him up and down the road because I thought, okay this horse does this to me every time. And I don't want him to jackknife me in the cart. And I usually don't have people with me. So I said, I'm just going to long line him. And it, it went great.
8: See, that's a great idea. Take a step back and work up through again. So take a step back, do the basics again, and then work up to that because some horses are like that. They do forget. They don't retain everything.
3: Yeah, he doesn't think he can pull a carriage. <laughs> That's actually a great way to find holes in your training. If you have, if there's something that you struggle with, a lot of times if you go yeah. back from to square one and literally start from the beginning and cover every single step along the way, what happens in, you, in short order is you come across like, oh, he's not very good at that. That's a really basic thing that they go through in the starting process. He's not very right. good at it. That explains the hole that I saw later in the training. That's what they do with police horses. Every police horse they get in because those are made horses that have done something else for their first career. Yeah. They take them back to square one because every horse has holes in their resume. And that's a great way to find those holes and help repair them in a way that is going to be um, lasting. It'll stick.
8: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That is, and we that never is right on the mind. money you're exactly right about finding those holes in the training because they exist in every animal and in our own driving or riding. That's true.
2: Well, Katie, thank you so much. You've really inspired us to go and do fun things with our ponies. And I hope that you and Randy and all the ponies and the kitties are safe at home. And I can't wait to talk to you next month. And everyone stay safe. And and where can everybody find you guys?
8: Tremontfarm.com or Facebook is Miranda or Katie Cadwell. And, you know, contact us. I'm, we're here to answer people's questions. All
2: right. Thank you so much.
8: Okay. Bye. 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 You can find
3: links to today's guests and the show notes at horsesinthemorning.com. It's the episode for April Second. 2nd, 2020. So if you're listening to this in 2022, you have to go back a little ways. You can follow us on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and type in Horses in the Morning at the top. You'll find our Facebook page. It's a fun place to be.
2: Follow the HRN on Twitter at Horse Radio. Plus, you can have all of the Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go with our free
3: app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. Or, alternatively, you can listen on your favorite podcatcher, iTunes, Spotify, etc., 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 Thank you very much to our sponsors for making this show possible. They are the ADS, American Driving Society, and Green Flower Botanicals. Okay, keep the shiny side up, everyone.